Sabbath Church. Good morning, happy Sabbath Church. God is alive. It's a blessing to be here in his house. Just want to say my name is Lannis Miller, and this group, um, young group before you, is a composite, and we're named God's Chosen. And it comprises of two cities that are residing in worship every week in the city of Compton. Um, our first elder from Tamron Avenue, Elder Ray Garcia, is here with us. And we also have two wonderful youth leaders from Compton Community, um, Mr. O'Brien and Mr. Starks. And we just want to say thank you so much for the journey. Thank you for welcoming us up in your home. God laid his hands on us to get here safely. And we just want to say thank you so much for allowing us to worship with you today.
hear me? I should just keep on talking. Okay. Testing for sound. Microphone check. Happy Sabbath, Saints. Uh, were you blessed? Were you blessed? Can you put your hands together one more time? That was indeed a blessing. I want you to know that uh, I taught them everything that they know. And, um, but we give God praise for them. And so we invite you to come out at 6 o'clock. What time did I say? 6 o'clock. You cannot afford to miss it. I promise you, this is, you haven't seen nothing yet. I mean, this is my first time hearing them, but I just believe that something is in store for us if we come on this evening. Is that all right? Is that all right, church? I can hardly hear myself, so I'm just going to ask you if you can just increase the volume just a little bit um, so I can hear myself. And I know that when I, the temptation is going to come during the sermon to turn it down when I get louder, but please do not yield to temptation. For yielding is indeed sin. It's indeed sin. It's sin. Just want to say I am happy. I'm excited and delighted to be in Las Vegas. Uh, your pastor and I, your senior pastor, the Honorable Archbishop, uh, Pastor O'Neill Madden, took me through the streets last night. Um, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Whatever happens in Vegas <laughs> stays in Vegas. But as I said, I'm happy to be here with God's people. And uh, you have a great, you have great leadership here. And my prayer is that God will continue to bless this church as you are doing mighty things for him. You have a bunch of wonderful young people. Yes, yes, yes. Do. And so we praise God for each and every one of them. All right. Well, I was told that you finished church at 3.30 today. So. No, that's not how it is? No? One, did somebody say 1 o'clock? All right. 2.30 then. All right. 2.30 then. All right. I feel like singing. We're, we're in the singing mood. You know, draw me nearer. Do you, do you? And then I'll ask you to stand to your feet. Jesus we come because we understand that it is only through you that we live, move, and have our being. And so God, we ask that you will speak to our troubled hearts, bring relief to every care and complaint. My prayer is that I will not be seen, but Jesus Christ lifted up in this place. Please, oh God, give someone joy for their sorrow and life for their death. That old rascal called Satan is here. But we ask that you will bind him even now. Permeate this place with your presence. And then God, as usual, I pray that the words of my mouth and my heart's meditation will be pleasing in your divine sight because you're still our strength and redeemer. And let every blood-bought believer say, Amen. 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 Uh, please don't be seated. Just take your Bibles in hand quickly. Turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2. Uh, reading from verse 1. When you have found it, please say, I've got it, preacher. Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 1. It's good to see you guys in church. All right. All right. 
right. Mark chapter 2. When you have found it, please say, I've got it, preacher. The Bible says, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days. Oh, it's right there. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of how many? And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus received I'm sorry, perceived in his spirit that they saw reason within themselves. He said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Let me just make a cartwheel down to verse 11. And the Bible says, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. And so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Why don't you look to your neighbor on your look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Nah man, that sounded like y'all. <laughs> neighbor. neighbor. Alright, how bad? How bad? Do you want it? it? Alright, that neighbor, that was in your right neighbor, so turn to your right neighbor and say, right neighbor. Right. How bad? Do you, Do you want it? Now the neighbor on the right wasn't paying attention and the neighbor on your left wasn't paying attention. So say to yourself, so, oh self. Oh self. Oh self. Oh self. How, bad How bad do you really want it? You, really want you may be seated in the presence of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. How bad? How bad, church, do you really want it? How bad? How bad do you want it? Most people, most people have a dream of the possibilities created by the abundant life. They imagine the advantages that will come their way if they achieve those dreams. There was one problem, however. Most people fantasize about the reward at the conclusion of the journey, overlooking the cost of the journey. Unfortunately, few people are willing to go through the process that will lead them to the fulfillment of their dreams. Everyone wants to be the next Kobe Bryant. And if you have low expectations, you want to be like LeBron James. I said it. Tweet that. Everyone wants to be the, the next Oprah or Venus Williams or perhaps the next Bill Gates. Dreams are important, but if they're not followed up by a commitment of process, then they will simply remain as daydreams, never seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Alex Noble once said that success is not a place at which one arrives, but rather the spirit which one undertakes and continues the journey. The journey is the process. Do, don't be afraid of the process because it is during the process that our faith becomes active and begins to produce something within us so that we can finally arrive at our blessing. If you want what God has for you, your faith has to go through the process and produce something within you. Throughout scripture, there is a clear indication of the many fruit that faith produces. It is in Matthew 17 and verse 20 that Jesus tells his disciples that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountains, move, and it will move. That is to say, no matter how 
uh, small your faith is or the magnitude of the problem, you have authority over the situation. And it is true. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Because there are times when your backs were against the wall and some people were wondering how come you weren't worried. They thought you were being arrogant. But it's because you knew that God gave you the authority over this situation. But often forgotten and seldom even embraced for lives that are lacking limited, sorry, lives that are lacking limited and lamenting is the reality that faith produces creativity. Slap your, no, don't slap your neighbor. Touch your neighbor and say creativity. Don't slap anybody here. And this is what this text is tailored to teach us today. Faith gives you the option after you can no longer see it with your visible eye. Faith gives you the option when you can no longer access it with your human hands. This text teaches us that when you can no longer see it and when you can no longer touch it, faith allows you to invent it. Fellowship and faith in God will birth in us creativity. In other words, what I'm saying to you young people and church is that faith ought to make you a creative person. All right, now, 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 you've got to follow me now. I'm headed somewhere. Permit me now to give you the historical context through which our sermon is established. The Bible says Jesus is in a place called Capernaum, and he's preaching the word in a house. He has attracted so many that the writer tells us that the house is filled to capacity. There is no room in the house. Jesus' presence and preaching offer solutions to their situations, and they're just enthusiastic because finally help has come. And I don't know, I may be old school, but I still believe that if you want to get the church packed, you've got to do one thing, and that is just preach Jesus. Just preach Jesus because I still believe that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Now one theologian makes it more emphatic. He says that the people who gather there are bleeding, meaning that it wasn't only crowded on the inside, but it was congested on the outside. Then the text says that, 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 that four men bring a friend to the house who have been paralyzed for a very long time. The friend on the mat has been stricken with palsy and is confined to a mat. These men who have brought their friend have traded perhaps being earlier because they're carrying the fifth weight of their friend when they arrive at abundant life. <laughs> they are denied access into the house because of the vast crowd. You would have thought that church folk You would have thought the church folk like the Pharisees and the lawyers who were sitting in the front would have gotten up and given this sick man a seat. But because they were there from 9.15 and that has been their designated seat from 1995. Ain't nobody gonna take me from my seat. After all, I did not tell you to come to church late. Huh? Don't you know that church starts 9.15 and ends at 1 o'clock? How dare you come to church late? But I'm finding out that we've got some people who have been so long in the church that they feel they are the church. Mm. And nothing, I, I, it's my first day, I can preach it like I feel it. Uh, and so the truth of the matter is that we've gotten some people, we've got some people in church who feel that they've been so long in the church that they are the church and nothing can happen outside of them. And, 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 and every committee, they've got to be on. Now, Pastor Madden didn't say one thing to me. I'm just preaching from my notes. And the truth of the matter is that the church was here before you and the church will be here after you. The last time I checked church, the church is not built on any one man or woman. But this church is built upon the rock. I said this church is built upon the rock. And the gates of hell will never be able to prevail against it. Now, if you notice in the text, the friends could have just turned back 
when they were denied access to the door. They could have left the friend at the door and say, well, come back for him when the service is done. But no, they stayed, which is my first point. Restrictions in our life are never assigned to us for us to give up or surrender. But restrictions are evidences that God intends us, God intends rather, to deliver us by means that are not customary. All right, now, some of y'all didn't shout, so let me say it again. Restrictions are never assigned for us to give up. But restrictions are evidences that God intends to deliver us by means that are not customary. When the friends were met with restrictions, they did not see it as a stopping point, but they saw it as a starting point. Uh, they did not see it as a point of giving a sticking point, but they saw it as a possibility of exploring other options. Uh, too many of us stop short of faith's ability to be creative. Uh, when the door is closed, uh, you've got to trust God for a window. All right, y'all ain't hear what the preacher is saying. When the door is closed, you've got to trust God for a window. And if the window is closed, you've got to trust God for a subterranean entrance. And if there is no subterranean entrance, and there is no window, and the door is blocked, you've got to make your way and climb to the roof. Because restrictions, because rather, our faith always explores other options. Too many of us stop short of faith's ability to be creative. The moment some of us are confronted with restrictions, we think it can't be God. But understand that creative faith never grows when doors are always open. God bless you. <laughs> creative faith will never grow when doors are always opened, but it's when you encounter closed doors. Margaret Clarkson in her book, Grace Grows Best in Winter, she says, the circumstances surrounding our lives are no accident. They may be the work of evil, but that evil is held firmly within the mighty hands of our sovereign God. God is in control. The awkwardness of being a disciple, however, is that we don't always know where we are going. And if you're one who likes to micromanage the affairs of your life, discipleship will frustrate the mess out of you. You've got to let go and let God. Uh, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, uh, some years ago, uh, when I was doing uh, the master's program at, at Oakwood, many, 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 many years ago, because uh, I'm a big man now, as you see. I, I'm a, but <laughs> whenever, uh, don't forget, uh, sometimes God allows us to be in situations where he shows you you need to trust him because he's in control. And so I, I was doing the master's, and in order for us to come over to the States to study, uh, you have to have what we call a, a student visa. Someone knows what I'm talking about. And um, I was driving to, I wasn't going to school, but I was going to go pick up my friend in, in Buffalo. That's like an hour and a half from Toronto. All right, y'all even know. Anyway, this is... <laughs> so I was just going to pick up my friend uh, from the airport. I wasn't going to school. So I didn't think that I needed to bring student visa, you know what I mean? I'm Canadian. So, I mean, you know, we always come to the States. So when I got to the border, <laughs> the man said to me, uh, where's, your, where's your student visa? I said, oh, man, I, I, I didn't know I had to bring it because I'm just going to go pick up my friend at the airport. I'm just going to turn right back. I'm not even going to school. He said to me, where did you say you're going? I said, to the airport to pick up my friend because, you know, he's preaching for me. He said to me, um, you're not going anywhere today. So whenever I'm in trouble, um, in situations like these, I, I always tell them that I'm a pastor. 
I said, I said to them, I said to him, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, and um, I'm gonna go pick up my pastor friend. <laughs> he said, you're a pastor? I said, yes. He said, give me a car keys, come with me. So I said, this sounds serious, this sounds serious. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> uh, he brought me to this place, took my car, and all I could remember was the big, the slamming of the door. This man locked me up. Now, beloved, to be honest, tears started to fill my eyes. <laughs> they didn't fall out, you know, they just... <laughs> I'm sitting in there and like Akon and I'm saying <laughs> I'm locked up and they won't let me out. I'm saying to myself, I can't tell anybody this story. I can't tell the conference because nobody wants the conference to know that you can't be locked up in your pastor, that it, it doesn't work. I can't call anybody at home, and I can imagine my young people tweeting that Pastor Fraser is in prison, <laughs> and everybody's Facebook status is saying that Fraser's in prison and they won't let him out. By this time, tears almost fell. <laughs> but then I remembered I had two big brothers who were in this situation before. Brother Paul and Brother Silas. Ah, y'all ain't hearing the preaching today. The Bible says when Paul and Silas, the Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises unto God. You know what I did in my cell? I had church in my cell. I lifted up my voice and I began to sing, the Lord's our rock. Oh, y'all don't hear the preacher saying, the Lord's our rock. In him we hide. He's a shelter in the time of storm. I began to sing in that jail cell. When I looked around, I saw two other brothers with me. And the Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered, touching anything concerning his name, behold, he is there. I began to have church in my cell. I don't know what happened. Then the immigration officer looked at me. I began to sing even louder. He then stepped into the cell and he said, leave, 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 leave. Hello, somebody. Be not dismayed. Whatever be the tide, God will take care of you. You've got to trust God because he is in control and no weapon formed against me uh, shall prosper because we are children of the king. So he taught me to trust him. Now when we consider the text, they could have perhaps been, uh, been to the house earlier if they didn't have their fifth friend who was stricken with palsy. But here's my second point. Our progress is not always determined by the speed of our giftedness. But some of us have been slowed down by the weight of our attachments. The truth of the matter is that many of us young people and even older ones too could have been much further down the track if it wasn't because of those attachments. Some of us have had some relationships that slowed us down. Some of us have had some friends that slowed us down. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes it wasn't even your fault. And it can be discouraging sometimes when you peruse everyone else's life and you see them enjoying their success and your success is stagnated. But the good news is that he does not judge you because you have been late. Because later does not mean you're lesser. Can I preach like I feel it, church? Some of us may be going to college in our late 40s. 
You may be trying to get pregnant now that you're knocking at the age of 40. Perhaps you've been in an apartment longer than you anticipated, but those are not reasons for you to be depressed. Those are reasons for you to shout. And I'll tell you why you shout. Because while you were late, God made sure you were not left out. So we've got to trust God through the process. Even though our process or our, 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 our deliverance may be delayed. Now I've come to the favorite part of the text. Because you said I need to finish by 1 o'clock. Did someone say preach? I'm going to be out of your way. Can I preach? What their late... Now look at it. Look at the text. What their late arrival did could have never happened if they had an early entrance. They would have never been as creative in their early arrival as they were forced to be when they were late. The roof would have never been an option if access were available at the door. They would not have known they had a rooftop faith if they were offered a front door entrance. In other words, the preacher is saying that, that, that some of the, 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 the stuff that you go through, if you didn't go through them, you wouldn't know how God could solve them. You had to go through the divorce. You had to lose your child. You had to go through those stuff because now you know how sweet it is to trust in Jesus and just to take him at his word. And I remember while I was growing up many, 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 many years ago because I'm an old man now. I, I used to see people in church always getting up. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Really? Seriously? <laughs> really? <laughs> you gotta behave like church, in church like that. Why? Until I went through something myself. And I tasted and I saw that the Lord indeed is good. Now, when I get to church, there's nobody who's louder than me. And sometimes, you see, I've <laughs> got to be, is this online? Are we, are, okay, I got to be careful now. But some churches that I've pastored, you know, they've said to me, Pastor, you know, can you, can you tone it down a little? You know, can you? And I say to them, you're being very unreasonable. And I, they say, why? And I say to them, because on Sunday, God gave me breath. On Monday, he gave me some more breath. On Tuesday, he gave me some more breath. On Wednesday, he gave me some more breath. If on Thursday, he knelt down and gave me some more breath. And on Friday, he gave me some more breath. So on Sabbath, when I come to church, I'm going to use that breath and praise the Lord. Let everything that had breath praise he the Lord. The last time I checked, uh, no one in church woke me up. Oh, Y'all didn't hear what I just said. The last time I checked, uh, no one in church woke me up. Uh, it was God and God alone. So as long as there's breath in my body, uh, I will enter into his gates uh, with thanksgiving and into his courts uh, with praise because God has been too good. I said God has been too good through many dangers, uh, toes and snares, uh, I have uh, already come. We've got to praise him. Uh, we've got to extol him. Uh, we've got to say hallelujah uh, because God has been good. Has been good. Now, I admire these five friends because as soon as they were denied access I said they could have gone up given up and gone home but one of them said man Madden let's go through the roof no one said in the text are you crazy hmm? 
You've got to be crazy. What is a man gonna think when he sees that we're peeling out his roof? Are you, are you crazy? Nobody said, you've got to be crazy. We, are you insane? How can we disrupt abundant life? I mean, I know they're trying to build something new, but we can't just dig off the man's roof. <laughs> Nobody said that in the text, which suggests to me that when you're in a precarious predicament, always surround yourself with people who will bring energy to your creativity. Stop hanging around people who say that it can't be done. One of the most frustrating, or, uh, I like that. <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the most frustrating things, especially as leaders, is when you have to deal with a bunch of people who are always so negative who say it can't be done. Oh, pastor, it has never been done this way before. And uh, because it's never been done this way before, uh, there's no way we can do it. And that's why I hang around people who have the philosophy and ideology of Ellen White. Do we believe in Ellen White here? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Ellen White says, higher than the highest human thoughts can reach is God's ideal for his children. Young people, you've got to hang around people who think high. You've got to hang around with people. I don't want, because the truth of the matter is you've got some people who will stay in the same place for the rest of their life. You've got to have people like Martin Luther King who said, you've got to take, you've got to have faith because faith is taking the first step even when you cannot see the entire staircase. You've got to have people who, who want to build you up. Am I right about it? So no one brought any negativity to his creativity. So now the man is coming through the roof. The praise and worship team, they're singing. And out of the blue, well, they're hearing something knocking on the top. And they see five, four guys letting down a fourth guy, a fifth guy. Now, I can just imagine church people talking. I can imagine the pastor saying, I don't know what they're doing, but all I know, they better fix back my roof. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is that they saw it as a distraction as opposed to seeing it as the beginning of someone's conversion. And sometimes when we see people with tattoos, short skirts, we see it as a distraction and not seeing it as someone who is coming to Christ. Mm, I know they're not gonna invite me back here. Now, I'm not saying that's okay, but what I'm saying is that we sometimes focus too much on the outward appearance when God is trying to fix the heart. Now, I'm not saying we should just live any, do, wear, do, that's not what I'm saying, because this is still church. Am I right about it? But we've got to fix our heart, because that's what God judges. He comes to the roof. And when he comes to the roof, he's in the presence of Jesus. And the Pharisees were upset. Now, you would have thought that the Pharisees would have celebrated. I mean, after all, this is someone coming to Jesus. You would have thought that the, the church would have had a, 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 a praise. You know, the, the church would have been happy. Someone was coming to Jesus. But they were upset. Can I tell you why? Ellen White says in Desire of Ages that the reason they were upset was because they had seen this crippled man before. And back then, whenever you had such a disease, they thought it was because of your sin. So they thought that this man did not deserve to be healed. 
by their standards. And isn't it the same way with some church folk? If it were up to them, some of you would still be on government cheese. If it were up to some folk, not this church, because it's a good church, but you've got some other churches that wish that you would stay in the same level for the rest of your life. But how many of y'all know who God bless? No man can curse. And if God before you, who can be against you? I'm so glad that they brought him to into the presence of Jesus. Because once you're in Jesus' presence, everything will be all right. Ah, uh, y'all ain't hear what the preacher is saying. I'm saying to you that Jesus can make a difference. They brought him into Jesus' presence, and Jesus, is, Jesus says to him, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Take up thy bed and walk. I'm so glad that whenever I'm in a desperate situation, I can call out on the name of Jesus, and he will hear me. All right, y'all ain't feeling that, so let me, so, so, so let me help you. Let me help you. Uh, 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 some years ago, and I'm, and I'm being serious now, some years ago, um, I used to watch this thing called wrestling. And um, used to, used to, okay? Because I don't want anybody to leave this sermon saying that Pastor Fraser is going home to watch wrestling and he's not preparing a sermon. Now, I used to love wrestling. And um, there was a tag team uh, match, one match. Uh, it was Hulk Hogan and The Rock <laughs> against Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. <laughs> See, some of y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all watch it too. <laughs> y'all just bad, man. Anyway. Y'all used to, I don't watch it anymore, right? So y'all know what wrestling is, right? You go, the tag team, tag team, one person goes in and tags. If he's getting beat up, he hurries up and he tags the other person. The other person comes, right? So, so The Rock and Hulk Hogan were uh, tag team partners. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker were other. And so Hulk Hogan goes in first. And by, I'm not going to lie, I was a Hulk Hogan fan. I see a lady clapping in the back. Me too. All right. So... Hulk Hogan went in, man, and Hulk Hogan was beating up Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I'm just loving it. I'm, I'm just loving it. I'm, I'm, st I'm stuck to the TV, and I'm, I'm saying yes. But it, it looked like Hulk Hogan was getting old, and he lost steam. All of a sudden, I see Stone Cold coming, and he's whopping up Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, Hulk Hogan, get up. Hulk Hogan, get up. Come on, get up. And man, Stone Cold Steve Austin tagged in the Undertaker. Undertaker came in, whopped up Hulk Hogan. And I'm saying, oh man, come on, Hulk Hogan. We can't lose this match. And I, 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 we're shouting at the TV, and it seemed as if Hulk Hogan heard us. <laughs> and you know that move he used to do and shake his head and. <laughs> hey! Hulk Hogan now, man. Hulk Hogan must, he manages, and he, and he tags the rock, and the rock comes in, man. And the rock uh, gives, extends the right hand of fellowship to the undertaker. And hits him left, and hits him right. And to make a long story short, the rock won the match. Well, can I tell the church, it's time to celebrate. Can I tell the church? that sometimes we enter the ring of life as strong as Hulk Hogan. But every now and then, the devil knocks us out stone cold. And when he knocks us out stone cold, uh, he calls for the undertaker to come in and bury us. But how many of y'all know? I said, how many of y'all know that we've got a rock? Hello, church. Uh, We've got a rock in which we can tag, and he will come in. In case you're wondering who this rock is, this rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one 
This rock is Jesus, uh, the only one. Uh, make sure your anchor holds uh, and grips the solid rock. I'm asking you to stand to your feet. Preacher. Now I want you to know that um, what you heard was something that was powerful powerful. I, I, I just know that the power of God was just moving up and down in this place. The Lord tapped this man from, I want to say Montreal, but I can't say Toronto. And we were blessed. And we have an appeal set up for you. We want you to stay tuned. We want you to stay tuned. The Lord is in control. Amen. Please be seated.
before we we leave, I, uh, it would be remiss of me if I didn't extend the invitation to somebody. Someone here is going through a difficult time, a difficult season. Perhaps like that man, you have been confined to your situation for a very long time. And you want to be in the presence. You want to be brought closer to the presence of Jesus. You're not a member of this church. You're not a Seventh-day Adventist. And you want us to pray for you. I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to invite you to do something else. Uh, we want to pray especially for you. If you raise your hands, just join me up here quickly as we invite the senior pastor to come. Just come. Just join us up here. Just join us up here. We want to say a special prayer. And the church says amen. The church says amen. Let's just come. God bless you. There's someone else. God bless you. You don't have to stay in the same state. God does restore. And he does not. He says, whosoever will may come and he will not cast out will not cast out is there someone else is there someone else before we close i know the hour is late are you coming god bless you 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 i'll give you 10 more seconds you know who you are you know who you are. You need to come as we wrap up. We are late. But someone still yet needs to come. Someone yet still needs to come. I'll give me five more seconds. Put your hands together. That's what church is all about. Church is about God taking us from where we are to where he wants us to be. So that's why we should not look at anybody in discontent or disgust because we're all sinners and we are all in need of God's grace. Two more seconds before I see the pastor praise. Two more seconds. So someone else before we close. Praise the Lord, everyone. Lord, we just want to give you thanks. Thank you so much, Lord, for all that you have done. Lord, we have been on this journey a long time. And some of us, Lord, we are just broken. We are in pain. And Lord, we just want to thank you for your restoration power. I pray, Father, that your anointing will be upon each and every person that came here and responded to the call. I pray, Father, that you will seal them, Lord. You know that you have a plan for them. You have a mission for them, Lord. And I pray, Father, that nothing will, will come between your plan uh, that you have for them, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will bless them and anoint them. We know heaven rejoices even at this time over one sinner that comes and surrenders, Lord. And we know, Father, that you are such a wonderful God, Lord, that you just came and just cleaned them up, Lord. You restored them. And we thank you. We praise you, Father. I pray, Father, that you will continue to be with each and every one of us as we journey on this journey that is heaven-bound, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will keep us keeping on. Thank you so much, Lord, for your grace, your power. I pray, Father, that you will bless the preacher, 
bless his ministry and that you will bless this church lord as we continue onward to glory lead us now lord as we come to the close of this service lord i pray that you will bless us all lord as we depart help us to depart to serve knowing lord that we serve a mighty god bless us bring us home and bring us back tonight where we will continue to sing the praises of you father as we come into the concert tonight bless us and keep us now we pray in jesus name